for your hearing, those of you that are standing, we would look at the first chapter of the book of Hosea. We will be looking this morning at chapter 1, verses 2 through 9, and chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, a rather aggressive schedule this morning. So looking at uh, first chapter of Hosea, uh, verse 2 says, The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredom, children of whoredom, for the land has committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. This morning, very briefly, we're going to speak about love is greater than sin. Love is greater than sin. You may be seated. Those of you that have not seen the movie Beauty and the Beast, uh, it's a great movie. Uh, it's about a very, very ugly beast. Uh, he has a very ugly attitude. Uh, he is about nothing. He is going nowhere, and he is nobody. Uh, but there is another part of the movie that is beauty, and she is everything. She is somebody, and she's going someplace. Uh, but the very intriguing thing about the beast, even he has a voice that's very ugly. But the only thing that the beast needs in order for him to turn into this beautiful prince is for somebody to love him. The greatest need of mankind is love. So we have a lot of people in our society today, maybe even in our church this morning, that would have the attitude of the beast, would have the personality of the beast. But I just stopped by here this morning to let you know that all they need is somebody to love them. When that beastly attitude come out of them, I don't know if I just made up a word, I'll check with my wife. <laughs> oh no, a sister gay. <laughs> if somebody have that beastly attitude, all they need is somebody to love them. In reading the book Black Pain by Terry Williams, a lot of depressed people, their depression comes out in a lot of different ways. That very arrogant person, that person that's disrupt every meeting, that person that's not happy with anybody or anything, could be emotionally or clinically depressed. So we're dealing in society with a lot of people today that's going through that, but all they need, what the world needs now, is love, sweet love. Y'all know that, don't you? Come on, now. Say what the world needs now is love. Oh, come on, y'all can say that. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Amen. That's what the world needs. What'd you say, Felicia? That's the only thing. See, Felicia always bagged me up. She says, the only thing. There's a lot of hate. But there's not a whole lot of love. Love is greater 
than sin. This morning, today I will teach that God can love us through all of our waywardness and all of our stupidity. God can love us through all of those things. So that's what we want to talk briefly about this morning. Uh, religious faithlessness, verses 2 through verse 3, and the fracture of the covenant, verses 4 through 5, and then how God loves, chapter 3, we are talking about redemption. Now, Jesus and Hosea shared the same name. Oh, I thought I was almost out of time. Jesus and Hosea shared the same name, had the same name in common, meaning Savior or salvation. They also shared the bondage of suffering, and that was one of the things that led them into their ministries. But we see in our lesson text today, God commands one of his prophets in the beginning, the word of the Lord came to Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredom, and children of whoredom. Why would God command the prophet, a good man? Why would God tell a good man to go and take unto you a wife of whoredom? Go and take unto you a wife that will be unfaithful. Go and take unto you a wife that will bear children that will not even be your children. Why would Almighty God, a holy God, ask such a horrific question of a good man that's got to lead his congregation, but his wife is going to be unfaithful? In order for us to understand God's request, we first have to understand Canaanite theology. Baal was one of the youngest gods in the Parthenon uh, with the Canaan gods, gods with a little G. But Baal was the god of futility and the god of winter storms. And whenever uh, there was the harvest time and, and when there would be a famine in the land over the summer, and Baal would come up in the fall, and there would be rain, and then they would have a bountiful crop. Even Israel living around sinful people. See, see, God had blessed Israel, but because Israel was living around people who gave praises to Baal, we even had the Israelites that was given credit for the bountiful crop to Baal. And it got so bad that they start referring to Yahweh, Almighty God, as Baal. Now, isn't that something? That God can bless you, and you give credit to a false God. God can bless you, and you give credit to Baal. And it got so bad, uh, and God just got fed up with it. And also part of worshiping Baal in the temple, they had these sacred prostitutes that was symbolizing the God and the goddess coming together in a sexual way. Uh, but that's why they say maybe Goma was a, a, a temple prostitute. So we look into our lesson text today. So God said, now if my prophet, if my prophet is going to represent me and go 
to preach to my people, then he's got to learn how I feel when my bride, Israel, goes out on Horam on me. And when my bride breaks my heart. If you want to see how God felt about his bride, just turn to Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. You see, God was a divorcee. Verse 6 in Jeremiah chapter 3 said, The Lord said unto me, In the days of Josiah the king, thou see that which backsliding Israel, talking about his wife, has done. She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and she has played the harlot. God said, my wife has gone up in the mountains and gone and played the harlot. And he said, and I said, after she had done all these things, turn unto me, but she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it all. And I, when all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Now, now, now pay attention because God said, I'm not divorcing my bride because she committed adultery. You, you, if you pay attention to what he said, he said, I'm divorcing her because she won't stop. I, you know, I asked her to come back. She's already broke my heart. I'm, I'm about to forgive her, but her problem is that she won't stop. So if she would come back, I would forgive her. But since she won't stop, then I'm going to give her a bill of divorce. Now pay attention because God told Hosea to go take him a wife of Horta and children of Horta. And in verse 3 he said, And he went out and took Goma, the daughter of Diplion, which conceived and bare him a son. Now you see Hosea, being a man of God, he decided to go out and take him a wife, but, but, but he just didn't take any wife. He went out and he took the cream of the crop when it comes to the prostitutes. He took on Goma. See, Goma was a good-looking woman. She had long black hair that resembles the raven's feathers. She had pearly white teeth, and when she smiled, they gave off a glow. Are y'all with me? Uh, she had a body shaped like a Coca-Cola bottle. Are y'all with me? She had long legs, shapely legs. I'm talking about Miss Goma. She had a smile that would stop cars as she passed down the street. Are y'all with me? No matter who Miss Goma passed by, whether they were male or whether they were female, they stopped to take a look at Miss Goma. You see, Miss Goma knew she had it going on because she knew she had it going on. So not only did Miss Goma like the compliments, but she went after the compliments. All y'all know what I'm talking about. When you know you're looking good, you walk and turn around in the front of folks so they can see you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Miss Goma now. 
she was looking so good that, 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 that she had to, she, she knew she had these long, beautiful legs and this long black hair that was going down and these big, beautiful eyes and the skin on her face looked like a, a baby. And, and, and she knew she had it going on. So, so Miss Goma would walk down the street and, and she would turn around and everybody would stop. She was a head turner. She was a crowd pleaser. She was easy on the eyes. She was lovely to look at. Miss Goma. I'm talking about Miss Goma now. I'm talking about somebody that was a head turner and a crowd pleaser. Hosea had something on his hand. But you see, watch folk that go after compliments. It's one thing to get them, but it's another to go after them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Miss Goma was a good-looking person, as we would say, say today, our young people, she was a brick house. <laughs> she was not a wooden shack. She was a brick house. Can y'all say brick house? So we see that. Miss Goma, he said, and then that next verse said, and Mrs. Goma, the Lord said unto him, she went and bore a child for Hosea, but it's very subjective as to whether the child was his. Uh, but you know they say down south, if you're married to somebody that's faithful to you and they got your name and it's caught up in your net, it's your child. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? And the judge in Memphis say, it don't matter whether it's yours or not, you take care of them long enough, they'll look like you. <laughs> Y'all know I'm right? So Miss Gomer bore him a son. And the Lord said unto her, call his name Jezreel, or which means God will scatter. So, so you may say, well, well, preacher, why would you name your child Jezreel? God will scatter. Because, you see, Hosea was naming these because he have a, had a prophetic thing that he was doing. He would, then the people walked down and said, well, why did you name your son Jezreel? Because, you see, God is going to scatter Israel. God is going to scatter the nation. And then uh, she gave birth to a daughter, and he named the daughter Rohu Hamu, Loruhema, Lohurema, so which means no pity. Loruhema means no pity. That means that God would have no pity. And then uh, she had a son, uh, and she named her son Loema, Loema, which means these are not my people. She had one daughter that God named that she would, he would not have pity, and then she had a son that God said, these are not my people. So, so why would she have these children walking around with these names? God was letting Israel know that not only am I not going to show you any pity anymore, but you are not going to be my people, and I'm not going to be your God because of what you have done. Because of what you have done. But we're going to see when God decides to change his mind, he's going to rename these children. And then we see 
In verse 3, I'm moving on for the sake of time, and you can read this book of Hosea. But in verse 3, chapter 3 rather, it says, after Miss Goma had had the children, and you see somebody like Miss Goma, you can't contain them at home because they got so much desire for the street. So eventually, Miss Goma left Hosea, and she just went on out in the street and started doing her thing. That's why, ladies, you can't go get these men out of the bar and think you're going to bring them home and turn them into a tame cat. <laughs> Say, God can change them. Oh, yeah, you come home and everything in your house torn down. They told you they was a wild cat in the first place. <laughs> yeah, but and then Hosea's people in Hosea's church, Ms. Goma left him. And the people, Hosea was really sad. His wife had left him. So the people in the church say, oh, pastor, you can get you another wife. We just want you to know, pastor, that don't know one monkey, stop no show. <laughs> pastor say, well, if he it is the right monkey, it'll stop your part in the show anyhow. Am I right about it? Oh, if it's the right monkey, you ain't going to feel like going nowhere. So then... The Lord spoke to Hosea again in chapter 3, and he said, and starting at that first verse, and then said the Lord unto me, Go ye, love a woman, beloved of her friends, yet an adulteress, according to the love the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love fanions and wine. God said, listen, Hosea. I heard that they had Goma on the chopping block. I want you to go now and get her back. I want you to go now and get her back, Jose. I know she's been out there as a prostitute, but you see, I want you to feel like I feel about Israel. You see, my wife broke my heart. My bride has been unfaithful to me. And if you're going to preach the word of God, you've you got to understand. You've got to have some empathy for Almighty God. He said, I heard that there was a slave trade. I heard that they was auctioning off some people downtown in the middle of town in Hosea. And I want you to go down there and I want you to buy Goma back. Hosea pressed himself through the crowd. And he walked up there. And he saw Goma standing on the chopping block. That long black hair didn't look so good. She was having a bad hair day. <laughs> standing on the chopping block. He got there just in time when they was finna auction Goma off. And she was standing there with a bad hair day. She had two front teeth that was missing in the front. Those beautiful teeth, somebody had knocked them out. Ms. Goma had been through some rough times. The body was frail, and Ms. Goma had lost her shape. Not only was she being withdrawn, but she was not even trying to get any compliments. She was no longer walking in front of people. And those long, silky legs that she had that were so full of shape, they, they had all of these broken vessels in them and, and all these scars in them where she had been running and ripping, ripping. And then she had a broken ankle and she was standing on the chopping block. No smile. She hadn't smiled in a bunch of days. So she was looking so bad. But Hosea said, 
he came and said, you know, it was 30 pieces of silver that would buy a slave back. Hosea looked in his treasure. He said, I don't have 30 pieces of silver. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to gather up everything that I have and I'm going to buy Goma back. I'm going to go and get Goma back because, see, a sin did not break my love for her. Just because you commit sin doesn't stop me from loving you. It may make it impossible for me to live with you, but it don't stop me from loving you. I've counseled a bunch of couples who've had, who's been unfaithful to each other. And the first thing I say when they come in, I say, do you still love each other? See, see, they still love each other. But the, pro the problem is, can they live together? See, just because, and you all come up closer here because I want you to understand this. Just because they commit sin, that don't mean you don't love them anymore. That doesn't break the bond of love. Love is unconditional. That's what God was trying to help Hosea to see. He said, yes, Miss Goma been out there. She lost all her beauty. She lost everything she had. But I want you to go and buy her back. He said, well, listen, God, I only have 15 pieces of silver. He said, go out there and get some barley. Because in Numbers 5, 15, it says barley is what you're supposed to use when somebody commits adultery. So, so, so Hosea goes and gathers up all of his silver. And I ended up having one and a half homer of barley. And he goes back and he sees Miss Goma on the chopping block. God said, I want you to understand something, Hosea. I want you to understand something. It doesn't matter how far you have fallen. You have not fallen out of the hand reach of God. I want you to understand something. No matter how bad you have messed up, no matter what you have done, God still loves you. I want you to understand something, Hosea. When you go to buy Miss Goma back with every penny and everything that you have, I want you to understand that I still love Israel, and I know you still love Miss Goma. I don't care how many men she's been with. I don't care how many children she's given you that's not yours. I don't care how bad she's broken your heart. I want you to understand, Hosea, that you still love her, so go get her! Go get her. He said, well, what are the people in the church going to say? What are the women going to say when they see me bring Miss Goma back? They know she's been out there with her. He said, don't worry about them. He said, my love is stronger than any sin. And I guarantee you every person in that church has committed sin. Every person in there has come to me and asked for forgiveness. So he said, go buy her back. So he went and bought Miss Goma back. And he brought her home. And you can read on down in that third chapter. He said, go, I'm going to bring you home. But there's going to have to be some things that's going to have to be done because you're going to have to clean out your system. You're not going to be able to have sexual relationship with not even with me, but no other men is going to. You're just going to have to stay in and stay to yourself. He said, because this is how God is going to do Israel when God buy Israel back. He's not going to put any God over Israel. He's just going to let Israel exist for a while without a God until they find himself. He said, Mrs. Goma, I want you to go through some time. I want you to spend some time thinking about yourself. I want you to search within yourself. I want you to come to the exact nature of your wrong, Mrs. Goma, so you can see why was it that you had these desires to go out there and be a prostitute when I gave you everything. But I never stopped loving you. Although you broke my heart, I never stopped loving you. God told Israel, although you broke my heart, although you referred to Baal as Yahweh, I never stopped loving you. 
although when we were in the kitchen, you called me by another man's name. Hallelujah. I never stopped loving you. Love is stronger than sin. The man was driving in his car with his little boy on the back. And a bee came through the window. And the man grabbed the bee in his hand because his little son was screaming. And the man held the bee so tight in his hand and the bee stung him. And the time the bee decided to sting the man, he let him go. And the boy was still screaming because the bee was still flying over the car. The, the man said, don't worry about him. I got the stinger in my hand. All he's going to do is make noise. <laughs> Hallelujah. God say, Shannon, don't worry about him. I got the stinger in my hand. All the devil can do is make noise. I went to Calvary. I went to Calvary for you. And I took the sting out of death. So death has no hold over you. You have no fear in this world of the devil. You can look at the devil and let him know that he's defeated because I defeated him on Calvary. He has no power over you. He can't condemn you. Are you out there this morning? Are you out there? He took the sting out of death, God is calling you this morning. No matter how far you have fallen, you may have fallen, but you have not fallen out of the hand reach of God. God loves you like nobody else ever loved you. Let me tell you something. You don't have to play tennis to hear the word love. God loves you anyhow. 